When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome to TFL's Talking Cars. And as always, it's me and... Mini Roman. No, Tommy, of course. <laughs> and Tommy, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Korean cars and specifically the manufacturers that are changing the game, changing the automotive landscape. Because what Hyundai, Kia, and Genesis are doing in 2020 is truly astounding. I mean, they are just knocking cars out of the ballpark one after another. Yep. In this show, we're going to go through the three Korean brands, actually four coming soon with the Ionic, and we're going to talk about the various models that we think, heck, any traditional or, let's say, established car maker would be pleased to have. But to have this many game changers is pretty amazing. Uh, so... Uh, Let's go to the open and let's start the show. Sit back and relax or keep driving if you're driving. TFL Talking Cars is on the air, the world's most popular car podcast. Okay, maybe not yet, but we're working on it. All right, Tommy, once upon a time, Korean cars were kind of the underdogs. You know, you know what I mean? They were kind of like the brand you would buy if you didn't quite have enough money or didn't quite have enough financing to afford, let's just say, you know, a Toyota, a Honda, or uh, a Mazda, right? You'd go and get yourself a Kia, a Hyundai, uh, and it was kind of the budget brand. They kind of followed the Japanese model of breaking into the American market by offering a lot of value for, let's say, not a lot of car. Yeah, they weren't very good, if we're being honest. So Hyundai came to the U.S., and do you remember the XL? I remember the XL. Yeah. We're, this is a tiny subcompact uh, you know, that launched in the mid-1980s. It was a really pretty terrible little car, if we're being honest. It was just it, – it was like a much worse Honda, a much worse Toyota. And for a lot and of – And a much cheaper Honda. <laughs> yeah, and, a, and it was. I mean that, that's kind of what – what sold Hyundai for a lot of years and what sold Kias for a bunch of years was that they were super affordable, but the quality wasn't as good as their Japanese counterparts. The design really wasn't all that good. Um, and they were just kind of stuck in a rut. And they quickly developed a reputation for just being the, the, the bargain basement manufacturer. Yeah, but then things changed. Over the last 30 years, um, and let's face it, Hyundai and Kia are two different brands here in America. They actually share... Uh, an office building in California, but they don't actually share anything else, right? They operate as two separate companies, but in Korea, it's one company. Yeah, exactly right, which is funny because when we deal with them... Uh, two different PR teams. Two entirely different PR teams, two entirely different groups of engineers, too, that we work with. Yeah. And there's no crossover between the two, even though technically they're under the same parent company. Yeah, just two different worlds. 
But, you know, throughout the, the, the 80s and the 90s, they were still not great to look at, not great to drive. Early 2000s, things started to shift. We started to see a bunch of value. And then, you know, by, by 2009, with the, uh, the YF Generation Sonata, that thing just came out of the gates hauling. And starting in the early 2010s, it seemed like every Hyundai and Kia had more technology than any manufacturer for less money. All right, let's talk about. Let's start by talking about Hyundai, so we don't necessarily, you know, put them in the same basket. Uh, so let's start with Hyundai, and uh, I think the one car uh, last year and this year that is completely, I think. Uh, for a lot of people, solidified the fact that Hyundai now builds some of the best, some of the most uh, interesting, some of the most uh, packed with technology cars out there. And of course, I'm talking about the Palisade, Tommy. It starts at a price of 31975 So far, they've sold 44,859 units. Uh, and... Um, the Palisade is basically a BMW X5 for twenty or thirty thousand dollars less. Yeah, and this and its sister vehicle, which we'll talk about in a second, yeah. really solidify just how far the Korean manufacturers have come. This Hyundai Palisade not only is a great value; it's great to look at, it's great to drive. It's got probably one of the best interiors in class, easily, like you said, rivaling Mercedes and the Germans. It's uh, it, it performs pretty well as well. I mean, it's. This car makes you question why you need to pay extra for a luxury name like Mercedes, like Cadillac, like Lincoln, because the Palisade does everything that these traditional luxury manufacturers can do, but for you know seventy percent of the costs, in some cases sixty percent of the costs. Yeah, I mean it tops out barely at fifty k when you add all the bells and whistles, and that's a lot of bells and whistles. So I got to drive this vehicle in Coeur d'Alene, and you can check out that video at TFL Car, uh, and uh, I was blown away by it. I mean, I remember thinking to myself, a three row crossover with this much luxury, with this much tech, uh, with this much design uh, for this little money is just mind-blowing, and it's going to be uh, out of the ballpark smash home run. It is. You can't get them. I mean, you can't really get one of these uh, because people immediately realize just how much car they're getting for very little money. And let's, let's talk about the fact that that's the thing that Hyundai has been doing all along, right? Right. Giving you a lot more tech, a lot more luxury, for a lot less money. Yeah, but now you also get a lot more quality, too. So in the past, right, if you wanted a three-row family truckster in the U.S., there was pretty much one choice, the Suburban. That's that's the longest-running nameplate in the United States. It's a vehicle that people have bought for generations to haul families across country. But the Palisade makes you wonder, is that still the case? Because we just tested the new Tahoe. Great, great vehicle, right? Yeah, but it's expensive. The Tahoe Z seventy one we tested was seventy six thousand dollars. Yeah, seventy six thousand dollars for a Tahoe three row SUV. Granted, the Palisade's a little bit smaller; it doesn't have a V eight. Right, but you can get just as much design, just as much comfort for forty some thousand dollars. Well equipped with all wheel drive, it's going to be reliable. It's going to be great to look at. I mean, why is this not the best selling? You know, new three-row crossover. I really think it should be. And people are wondering, how did um, Hyundai and Kia do this? Well, it started, I think, not just with a laser focus on value, but they also started poaching some of the best designers, some of the best engineers out there. So, for instance, about ten years ago now, gosh, it seems that long, Hyundai hired um, Hyundai hired uh, Peter Schreiber. Schreiber? 
Schreier. Schreier, yeah. Peter Schreier, who used to be the chief of design for Audi. So if you look at a lot of uh, their cars, there's a distinct uh, German feel to them. And that's because they got the guy who did uh, Audis when Audi was at its peak in terms of kind of the sexiness, the, the modern design language that they were using under Peter Schreier. And, you know, Hyundai came along and poached him. Uh, and you think he moved into Korea. He didn't. He actually still works out of his studios. I think it's in Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, but he, you know, he runs the design studio for both Hyundai and Kia. Uh, and you can see that, you, c- you can see that design, especially, I would say, in the Stinger, which we'll get to. But, you know, that is an Audi in everything but name. Let's keep going. How about the Kona, Tommy? Yeah, so that is the next vehicle on our list. The Kona is a small entry level crossover, competes with vehicles like the Honda HRV, yep. uh, Jeep Renegade, maybe Toyota CHR. Uh, and once again, this is another vehicle that maybe doesn't have quite the same huge amount of value as the Palisade compared to its competition, but it has probably more style than, than its competition, uh, just as much quality as especially the Japanese rivals, and is, uh, is super fun to drive as well. So this one brings in kind of an aspect of, uh, of, of you know, performance into the world. Yeah, and it was also designed by uh, Chris. And I'm sorry, Chris, I, we just did a podcast with you a couple episodes ago, and I, I'm, my, my, my mind is blanking on his last name, but he used to be the uh, chief designer of the BMW X5, uh, so worked at BMW, and now he's, of course, uh, consulting for and doing a lot of work for Hyundai and Kia, and he did the Kona. Uh, Chris just knocked it out of the ballpark. If you look at that thing, we, once again, we got to drive it in Kona in Hawaii. If you look at it, uh, it is unique. It is cool. Um, uh, it is uh, something that is uh, very trendy and trend-setting. It is, yeah. It's got all sorts of crazy creases. It's got various trims. You can get it with a naturally aspirated four-cylinder or a 1.6-liter turbo, which is incredibly it's got a dual-clutch transmission. Yeah, dual-clutch transmission for a vehicle, you know, that's realistically um, mid-20s. Uh, there's, there's a hybrid variation as well. Cool colors. This is a. It makes you question: Do you need to go out and buy like a Toyota CHR because you can get this in all-wheel drive, which you can't in the CHR. You can get this with a turbo, which you can't in the CHR, and it's really not going to be any more expensive. I think it's going to be better to look at, and the quality is there as well. So, uh, the Kona and then this vehicle's sister car, which we can talk about later, they're well made, uh, fun to drive. Pretty good off road. The dual clutch doesn't work very well, but not off road at least. But in a uh, with uh, with kind of the, the more base engines, that should be addressed when you don't have the dual Start, clutch. Starts at twenty k, which is once again a bargain. And year to date, they sold almost thirty eight thousand of them. Uh, let's skip to the midsize sedan, the Sonata. Uh, starting price is twenty three thousand six hundred. If you want the hybrid, it's twenty seven seven fifty. Year to date, they sold thirty seven thousand dollars. Now we just had the Sonata. Of course, it's been recently updated uh, so it's got some pretty funky looking design to it uh, it competes in what used to be the most uh, popular segment in america which is a full-size sedan right so camry accord and uh, i think it uh, probably um, not only competes directly with those cars but in a lot of ways it out camrys and out accords the two japanese bestsellers in that segment they're they're pushing the envelope a little bit on styling i know a lot of people don't like that big front end the catfish look yeah it's got a little bit of a catfish look but it also has that cool led that runs across the whole f- 
top to the uh, basically to the passenger driver. Yeah, it's this light that fades yeah. into this chrome yeah. strip. A very Actually, cohesive. It goes down the whole side, right? It goes. It turns into that that side strip that goes down the whole side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it fades right. into like this chrome right. trim right. ring that extends down the length of the vehicle. Turbocharged engines available. They also have some cool tech in this car for not a lot of money. So they have something called Smart Park, yep. which was pioneered kind of by Tesla, BMW, right? Yeah. Push a button on the key fob, and the car will actually pull out of its parking spot or back right into its parking spot as well. Um, other cool tech: the hybrid solar roof. Yeah. Not particularly all that useful. I mean, they say you, cool. can, you can gain a couple of miles of range in yeah, like I've a always wondered, full day. There are like only three companies that actually have used solar roofs, right? Can you name the other two? Yeah, Fisker yep, and very good. Uh, the Leaf. Yeah, very good. They the both, Leaf had that tiny solar panel. Yeah, but they, they basically are used uh, to either charge the battery. I think in the case of the Sonata, it runs a fan uh, that can cool the car, but it doesn't actually charge up a battery. The best part of the Sonata is the interior quality, which is top-notch. Yep. So better than, I think... Any vehicle in class. And the design is also better. So Hyundai's kind of um, – what I like about them is they, they don't stick with one design that they follow across every vehicle, which is a good and a bad thing. But I like that a Sonata doesn't really look like an Ionic, which doesn't really look like a Kona. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, you look at an Audi and it's hard to tell an A4 from an A5 from an A6. Yeah, and, and you know that the next Sonata is probably going to look entirely different which is probably going to look entirely different. So it's kind of like America in the 1950s and that they changed up the design every all the year. time. Well, maybe not every year in the Sonata's case, but super drastic changes, and that just keeps it fresh and different. And it's hard to do. Yeah, and if you don't like this generation, either buy the previous one, which is really good as well, or just wait till the next. And the hybrid dude gets 54 MPG, up to 54 MPG, starts at 30K, 54 MPG in a midsize sedan, Pretty freaking phenomenal. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. Yep. All right. Uh, let's talk about the one we just had, uh, the Nexo. Uh, once again, now we're talking about cutting-edge technology. So a lot of the stuff that Hyundai does, of course, is we're like a competing Toyota or a Honda, and we keep you know, using Asian brands. It could also be a Ford or – well, probably not a Ford because they've gotten away from cars, but let's say a Chevy also getting – well, then there's a reason we're using the Japanese <laughs> competitors. Uh, what they'll offer is not only all the safety tech, but for the same price you'll get things like heated and cooled seats or heated and cooled front seats and heated seats in the back, you know, stuff that normally you would have to pay extra for in a lot of their competitors. Um, but the Nexo, the Nexo is a car that takes technology to the next level. The Nexo runs entirely on hydrogen. So yep. It's a, uh, a hydrogen fuel cell vehicle. Currently, there's only about 40 hydrogen stations in the U.S., but if you live in California, you can go out, purchase one of these piece de resistance right now. And, and Hyundai will pay you to drive it, literally. Right. Yeah, if you lease it, you get something like $13,000 in hydrogen credits. Yeah, three ninety nine a month, I think. Yep. And, um, and they give you like thirteen k in, in hydrogen. Truly a, a brilliant piece of technology. Uh, it's so much better than the Toyota uh, Mirai, which it competes with, the other hydrogen vehicle. Yeah, I've driven actually all three. I've driven the Mirai, also driven the Honda Clarity Hydrogen, and I've driven the Nexo. Uh, and... Uh, they all kind of suffer from the um, from the styling. Uh, yeah, not great to look at. I no, agree. they're not great to look at, but especially the Mirai. Nice to drive, and the Nexo is is I think probably the softest, squishiest car you can buy in America. Like, like it makes an S Class look like a Lotus. Like your dad's Buick, if I ever it owned is, a Buick. It is. It's nice. I don't understand why more companies don't just build soft, squishy cars because it's uh, not only does it run on the future, it also drives. 
like a 1980s Buick, which is considered a bad thing, but I love it because I never go to the Autobahn, so... Uh, or the Nuremberg Starts at 58,000. They've sold a grand total of 92, Tommy. Yes, well, that's because they need to start building more fudge and hydrogen stations. We've got a cool video where we drove it up Pikes Peak, uh, and then uh, you did something really unique with the water that came out the tailpipe, so I'm not going to spill the beans on what you did, but check out that video. It's Model Y versus Nexo versus Pikes Peak. Okay, now let's talk about the Ionic, yeah. uh, which is their um, hybrid uh, plug-in and electric car that, that really does directly compete with the best hybrids electric plug, plug-in cars out there. Yeah, and the great thing about the, the Ionic is I think it's a better-looking, more efficient uh, Prius in a lot of ways yeah. for less money. So, so once again, they offer such an incredible amount of value for less than its competition. I mean, the, the Prius is kind of a stigma around it. If you want a car that looks better, that drives better, that's pretty much, if not in some cases, more efficient than a Prius that also offers a lot of choice. The Ionic is often overlooked. Starts at 23000 for the hybrid, 33000 for the electric. Uh, year-to-date sales are 7264 uh, And the cool thing about the Ionic is it's becoming its own electric brand. Did you know that? Yeah, so now there's going to be kind of a fourth brand in the Hyundai, Kia, and Genesis family. They're branching off to create three models coming by 2024, the Ionic 5, the Ionic 6, and the Ionic 7. So there's not going to be a Ionic Ionic, unfortunately. But the Ionic, just like Genesis, yeah. is going. remember? It was yeah. like Hyundai Genesis, yeah, I know. and then it became Genesis. The Hyundai, uh, Hyundai Ionic is now becoming just Ionic. So the Ionic uh, 5 is going to be a crossover. The Ionic 6 is going to be based on the prophecy concept. And, of course, the Ionic 7 is a three-row crossover. Uh, It'll be pretty cool. You know, I think a lot of people don't think of Hyundai when they think of electric cars, but you should. Yep, because that is the future. All right, let's talk about our friends at Kia. Now, uh, i got to be honest, Tommy, uh, sorry, Hyundai, uh, I love you guys both, but if I were to get uh, the, you know, the difference between the Telluride and the Palisade, I would go for the Telluride. Uh, they're, they're kind of, you know, twin cars, twin brothers from another mother. Right, but they're uh, basically identical in a lot of ways. Uh, but I just like the styling more on the Telluride than I do on the Palisade. There's small differences between them, but uh, uh, just for me, and maybe because um, uh, Kia did the launch in Moab, which is one of my favorite places, and I got to actually, actually outside of Moab, I got to drive it to Moab. Uh, so I'm more partial to the uh, to the Telluride. They're both great. Starting price thirty one thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Year to date sales thirty thousand. Uh, what do you think of it? Brilliant. Uh, up to 5,000 pounds of towing capacity. It's got a lot of surprising amount of off-road capability, and yet it still has luxury amenities to match Mercedes GLE, uh, BMW X5, um, the Lexus RX, Lexus GS. It's just it's all there for such a, a, a small amount of money relative to its competition. I mean, starting at under $32,000, 291 horsepower V6. Which isn't, it's, it's kind of the one part of its armor that lets it down. It's a little thirsty. Uh, let me put it this way. I just got done driving the X7 cross-country BMW, and then I got into the uh, Telluride, and I was amazed at how uh, luxurious and opulent the interior of the Telluride felt. Uh, you know, if you told me that this was uh, done by Mercedes or done by BMW, I would have not been surprised. The one thing that... Both of these do, I think, uh, lack right now are the power plants. They're fine. The V6s are fine, but they're not particularly, you know, gutsy or fuel efficient or powerful. You know, they just move the car. 
I think the one part of the design I don't like in the Telluride is the front is a little dopey looking. I like that. I know, I know. People love it. I think the rear is the best looking rear end on any SUV. If I could have the front of a Palisade made it to the rear of a Telluride, I think that would be the perfect combo. And the interior is also really nice. I think, I gotta say, I think I like the um, Palisade interior a little bit more in the Telluride, but... They're both just the quality materials are incredible, and you can see based on these pictures that they're really marketing the Telluride as an adventure vehicle, yeah. where Palisade is kind of more luxury oriented. So all the galleries are from Moab, and there's all sorts of crazy off-roady concepts and all all fun stuff like that. M- more USB and USC ports than I've ever seen in any vehicle in my life. I yes. think even the third-row passengers each get their own. It's crazy. I know it's pretty remarkable just the sheer amount of ports you get in the Telluride. But I think easily. I would still still take the Telluride over the Palisade, and I think it's my favorite vehicle to come out last year. It's just... But good luck getting either of them. They're, they're still... Well, yeah, because everybody knows now that they're so good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a pickle. Yeah, it's a pickle. All right, how about the K5? So the K5 is what another... What is the K5? Let's start with that. Well, it used to be the Optima. Yeah. And now it's a... Uh, Mid-size sedan, so it's... Yeah. Uh, for some reason, uh, Kia, like every other brand, has decided that... Uh, they're going to go from having really cool names like Optima to having really boring uh, alphanumeric uh, designations. So we've gone from the Optima to the K5. YK, Y5, I don't know. It doesn't matter because the car is brilliant. I really, I really like this car. It's um, great design. It's got this really cool front end with these uh, daytime running lights that make this swoosh around the front end. Um, it's got kind of that sporty coupe-like design around the side, so it still is a pretty traditional sedan design, right? But sloping roofline starts at twenty-three thousand four ninety. Year-to-date sales twelve hundred sixty-eight because it just went on sale. And what's cool about it is, of course, the design, like you said, way more aggressive. Uh, all-wheel drive, which is unusual, Tommy. A little unusual in the segment, and it's also... Um, what other th- cars are all-wheel drive in that segment? I well, I, I shouldn't say unusual. Pretty There's much everything. Two. No. Yeah, only two others. Legacy. Cam- and Camry. Camry. And what else? Ultima's available in all-wheel is drive Is it now? available in Ultima? Quite sure of that, yeah. yeah. Okay. Fusion's gone. That was all-wheel drive. Fusion was all-wheel drive. Uh, the Honda is front-wheel drive only. The Mazda is front-wheel drive. Front, front-wheel uh, Mazda 6, only front-wheel drive. Is it still only front-wheel drive? Because yeah. the 3 is all-wheel drive now. No, Mazda 6 oh. only front-wheel drive. Uh, anyway, yeah. this one in the comments. I think there's only three cars that, that, that are. Camry just became all-wheel drive. Yeah, um, Ultima is all-wheel drive, too. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so I think the, uh, I mean, the, the, the big deal about the K5 is it's, it's more fun to drive than the Sonata. So there's going to be a, uh, a higher performance version coming right now. We just drove the N-Line. Yep. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was like the kind so, of the... Yeah, so for all of you guys who are wondering about what N means, uh, N is their performance variant. Uh, it is like AMG or BMW M, right? Oh, I'm sorry. I think it was GT-Line, right? Yeah, it's GT-Line. But N is the, the... We drove the GT-Line, but N is their ultimate uh, performance Kia. Uh, and that's another German that got poached uh, or... Brought over from BMW, right? Albert Biermann, uh, who used to be the head uh, suspension and chassis design engineer at BMW, went over to Kia, and now he's doing uh, all their endlines. So I, he, I, I met him. We talked to him. He flies over to Korea, uh, you know, and, and does all their chassis tuning. It's really cool. I think we messed it up. What do you mean? I think N is Hyundai. Oh, 
N is Hyundai. You're right. Because of Veloster N. Yeah, Veloster N. So N and is then Hyundai. GT is, is Kia. Yeah. Uh, see, even we get confused, guys. Yes, all the time. <laughs> anyway, so Albert is over at Hyundai, but once again in Korea, it's the same company doing all their chassis tuning. Same thing with, uh, you know, um, Peter Schreier, right, who's in charge of design for both of them. So, yeah, so so officially, Albert, sorry, you're with Hyundai. We forgot to talk about the Veloster. I apologize. Veloster N, better than GTI. Anyways, there you let's go. keep going with Kia. Yeah, let's keep going. The Stinger, uh, once again, uh, that's an Audi in anything but name. Uh, starting price, 33000 There's a 2-liter base engine. Uh, year-to-date sales, 7778 uh, It's uh, way good. I mean, it's basically an Audi A7, right? Yeah, I mean, 0-60 to 60 in under 5 seconds when yep. properly equipped. Yep. Rear-wheel drive, all-wheel all-wheel drive. drive. Um, it's really sporty, really good-looking, uh, huge amounts of value. Especially in the used market, you can get them with uh, uh, pretty pretty massive discounts. Two liter four cylinder, two hundred fifty five horsepower. Three point three liter twin turbo V six, three hundred sixty five horsepower. Like we said, all wheel drive available. It's it's not quite as kind of crazy as I would have hoped. So you know, I'd like a little bit more pops and burbles out of the exhaust, and maybe a couple more wings. Like a, I would love, love like a super high end crazy performance version, but. As a Grand Tour or as a vehicle that's pr- probably going to be better made than a lot of its more expensive German counterparts, Whew, what a value. Yeah, and a fresh is coming, so Kia's sticking with it. I remember when it first came out, uh, it blew the doors off of everybody. It was a star of the show because of the crazy cool design. Uh, the issue, of course, with the Stinger is no one's buying sports cars right now uh, or sporty cars. And so it's a tough time to be selling into a pretty strong headwind, and yet they've managed to sell... You know, over um, almost 8,000 of them this year, which is uh, pretty cool. Really cool. Yeah, I love the Stinger. And, of course, go ahead. No, 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 that's okay. We can keep going. And, of course, coming up is the uh, brand-new Sedona, the 2021 Sedona. Uh, You know, so far they've sold 8,000 of them. The Sedona, of course, uh, um, is kind of a, a minivan that looks like an SUV. Yeah. Right. right, that's the cool thing about it. It doesn't look like a minivan. Uh, it competes with the uh, Sienna and the Odyssey Pacific on Voyager. Uh, and, uh, you Ex- know. Excited to see what they do with the new one. I think that'll be a. Uh, yeah, that, that one is getting a little bit long in the tooth. I went on the program. Uh, you know, it's um, it's hard to get excited around a minivan, uh, but, you know, they're, uh, they're in the game. And supposedly there's going to be a new Kia EV crossover with up to 300 miles of range, 0 to 60 in under 3 seconds. What the heck? 800 volt charging like the Taycan by Porsche and will supposedly debut next year. So a lot more exciting stuff coming up with Kia. Yeah, and finally, uh, before we close off this show, we can't help but mention, of course, uh, that uh, for a long time, um, Genesis was the um, underdog brand of the Korean models, right? People people knew about them, uh, but because they were sold out of existing dealerships, uh, they didn't have the panache or kind of the lustworthy factor of um, its own separate brand. But now that has all changed, right? Genesis has become its own brand. Uh, and there are two cars that we recently, you drove and we recently had at the office uh, that, uh, wow, just wow, Tommy. Why don't you start with the G80, G90? So what you're looking at right now if you're watching on YouTube is a 2020 G80. But there's a new one for 2021, and let me show you what that looks like. Check out our new YouTube channel, by the way, if you're listening on our podcast site. It's called TFL Talk. That's where you can see me kind of scroll through things real time so you know what the cars look like. But the new 2021 G80 is a 
heck of a good value, starting at 47700 which seems like a lot until you realize this competes with cars like the 5 Series. And the amount of car you can, <laughs> you can get compared to the 5 Series is oh, it's, it's just amazing. So choice of engines, there's a four-cylinder, but the one you want is going to be the, uh, the, the, the turbocharged V6. And I priced them out, and comparable features, there was like a six or $7,000 void between this and the BMW. I think this looks better than the BMW. I think it, uh, the interior quality is just as good. Genesis has just blown the doors off the, uh, the competition in terms of some of the interior design. I mean, the brand that I would say it's most closely competing with right now is, is, is Infinity, right? Uh, Nissan's luxury brand just because it's new and it's small. Uh, but I expect that uh, pretty soon they'll be uh, knocking on the doors of the big boys. Yeah, I think they are knocking on the doors of the big boys right now. I just think that nobody knows who they are, which is a shame. Because uh, it is very confusing when you have a model that turns into Yeah, it used to be the Hyundai Genesis, right? Brand. Yeah, because right. when you say Genesis, I, I've talked to people on the street about it, and they're like, oh, isn't that a Hyundai? I'm like, well, it used to be a Hyundai. And now it's its own thing. They're like, but it's still a Hyundai? I'm like, no, it's its, it's, its own yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Genesis used to be like, you know, we would say, well, it's a five-series competitor that you can get for half the price. But uh, I think that confused a lot of people. But uh, now I'd say it's a five-seater beater you can get for 80% of the price. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to kind of revise that a little bit. Uh, and it takes a long time. Let's face it, it takes a long time to build a brand, right? There was this uh, renaissance of brands that happened when uh, well, I was a little bit younger when uh, the Japanese decided that they needed luxury brands. So, of course, uh, uh, Honda created Acura, Toyota created Lexus, uh, Nissan created Infiniti. And now, once again, um, the Koreans are following that same path with uh, Genesis and Ionic in some ways. But what's confusing is there was never, like, the Toyota Lexus... Right. right, yeah. They just yeah, launched was, with yeah, the... Yeah. And then Genesis is in another pickle because not only was there the luxury car, the Hyundai Genesis, right. there was also the Hyundai Genesis Coupe. Do you remember yeah. that? I remember the Coupe. It was yeah. brilliant. So I'm not sure they should have stuck with that name. But if you can get past the confusing name, the cars are just amazing. All right, well, let's talk about the GV80. That starts at 49000 well, and we is, forgot on, one. is on sale next month. What should we do? The G90. All right, all right, let's go to the G90. Okay, we'll, we'll just... Zip through this. The G90 competes with the S-Class, yep. the LS. It was de- it debuted at the LA Auto Show. The 7 Series. I yeah. had a great opportunity to drive it yes, in I Los remember. Angeles. Loved it. This is an interesting segment. Because it's, a, it's, a, it's a segment that uh, is not big in America. No, no, it's not big in America, and it's heavily brand-driven. Right. You know, if you want an S-Class you're probably going to buy an S-Class. There's not going to be a lot to convince you that you're, you, you need a G90, even though it's – the G90 is still one of those cases where, like, <laughs> half the price for most of the and car – if you want a 7 Series, you might buy an S-Class. Well, yeah. If you, want a, if you really want a 7 Series, you're going to buy an S-Class. <laughs> exactly right there. But if you're looking at an LS, you might buy a Genesis because I think it looks better. I think it's uh, almost not quite as nice on the inside as the I thought LS. it was a little stodgy. The interior is a little stodgy, yeah. But the Those ex- wheels are incredible, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, my God, the I wheels. I why these this <laughs> websites give me such a hard time. Whoever, whoever designed those wheels, you get a big old cookie because those are some intricate wheels. They also have a – so I talked to the uh, designer. Yeah. He, he um, was from South Korea. Yeah. And he says in the South Korean market, yeah. they have um, some interesting colors. Like they have a matte white yeah. that you can buy from the factory. 
that would be really Look, cool. Look, here, here's my call on this segment, and this is just me. So if you guys love these big old sedans, and don't take this out on me, send Tommy an email. But <laughs> any any car uh, where it, it's not driver based, but it's passenger based. In other words, the whole car revolves around the back seat. I'm just can't get into. I just find it to be uh, opulent to the point of being silly. But it has a V8. Yeah. So what? All right. right. It's about it's about being driven, not driving. And to me, the the beauty and the fun of any car is driving it, not sitting in the back like a you know like a first class passenger. Clearly, you are not sophisticated enough for the G ninety. I am not sophisticated enough. No, no. That's why we have a a smart car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no a backseat. bright yellow smart car. <laughs> All right. Exactly. How about the GV eighty? So the GV eighty is a, a crossover. A crossover. Yeah. Same platform as the G eighty, yeah. but uh, it's Genesis first. SUV. Yes. Rear-wheel drive platform. On so sale next month, dude. Rear-wheel drive platform, so yeah. it doesn't share the same same kind of car as the Palisade and Telluride. Yep. Oh, well, I haven't driven it. They, yeah. they dropped it off for four hours I for, know. for us to poke at and, and look at the buttons. And, and, and you showed, you've got a video showing all the interior, and you came into my office and you were like, I have just been completely obliterated by an interior of a car. Well, it's great. It was awesome. I think it's just, I mean, everyone in the comments is going to scream at me, but drive one and then tell me it's not as good as the as We need to drive it. Yeah, okay, let me clarify. Right. Sit things. in one and poke at it and yeah. tell me it's not as good as a Rolls Royce Cullinan because every switch is aluminum in there. Every, like the, 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 the uh, selector for oh, the uh, infotainment is glass. Yeah. It has a 3D I kid you not, a 3D instrument cluster, and you don't even need red and blue glasses to use. How did they figure that one out? What, what kind of witchcraft is that? Look, here's the thing about these luxury vehicles, right? Uh, it's not about the luxury features as much as it is about the brand, right? So, yeah, it probably rivals that of a Cullinan, a Rolls-Royce, but it doesn't have the spirit of ecstasy popping out of the hood, which is you know what tells the world that you've got way too much money to spend on cars. But that's silly. It's a better car. It's better made than the Cullinan. I think it looks better than the Cullinan. But the, it doesn't have land it's carpets. It's like a watch, right? I'll give you it's, that. It's, it's a, no, I understand. It's that. a status symbol. It's not necessarily but about But move past the that. Enjoy your twin turbo V6 and your forest green interior with pleating on everything, and you're gonna. There's nothing to dislike about the GV80. It's affordable. Starts at under forty nine thousand dollars. It's better than an X5. It looks better than an X5. I don't know if it drives better because we didn't drive it, but just just buy the GV80. I'm just saying it now. Brilliant car. All I'm saying, Tommy, is it's very hard to establish a luxury brand because provenance and. The nameplate I agree. Are, I agree. are much more important than necessarily the vehicle itself. It's a pickle. It's a pickle, Tommy. Well, guys, uh, you've uh, spent another, what is this, 45 minutes or so listening to us uh, describe the virtues of uh, the Korean car manufacturers. The one thing I would say, Tommy, is you know we get to know a lot of these uh, car manufacturers, and the sense I always get from uh, the Korean um, companies here in America, at least the people we know, is that I always feel like they're working twice as hard to compete, right? They, there's this kind of underdog um, business ethic that runs throughout the company where uh, they're always trying to outdo the established brands and in that way establish themselves. Yeah. I mean, these companies are going places. Uh, they have the best warranties in the business. Yes, that's another one. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. The 10-year warranty, yeah. Oh, I know. Mean, it's crazy. I think I it's 100,000 miles. Yeah. And, and i got to tell you, you know, we drive every new car, uh, and there's not one of these cars on this list that I couldn't wholeheartedly recommend, right? I would, I would say get any of these cars, and you'll, you'll be happy with it. 
And not only that, but uh, these cars, um, like I say, if if one of these cars belonged to a different brand, the car company would be you know trumpeting its awesomeness. But you've got what is this like a dozen cars, and all of them are pretty darn cool. Even like the the entry level cars, Kia Soul, it's great. Yeah, I like the old tool better. Well, so you pick <laughs> you're incorrect. Kia Soul is great. Kia Seltos. I like the hamster soul. Kia Seltos, really good. Yeah, the Seltos is cool. Hyundai Venue is one of the most affordable new cars you can buy. Yeah, the Venue uh, is what, the Kona, right? In, uh, it's No, it's smaller. It's, the, the, I, I, I'm not in love with the Venue. Well, what you, what's that to like uh, about the Venue? There's a, there's a denim edition with like jeans on yeah, the inside? Yeah, the, the Venue uh, no, is a I little disagree. goofy. The Venue is really cool, too. Uh, the venue's a little little goofy, but uh, manual transmission yeah. in a crossover. Yeah, did we get to drive like, it through like a zoo? No, that was a Seltos. Was, oh, that was a Seltos. I drove the venue, the venue um, to Key West. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you got to drive the venue down in Florida. It was brilliant. It was really fun. All right, guys. Well, uh, there you have it. Uh, as always, check out tflcar.com for what, Tommy? More news, views, and real-world reviews. Uh, thanks for joining us. And, uh, yeah, go to YouTube. Check out TFL Talk if you actually want to see uh, pictures of these cars. See you guys next time. Ciao. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.